I'm so proud of you. Thank you for helping put this together. You're so beautiful and wonderful. I'm so happy to see you. I'm happy to see you in person because we were going to do this remote and I was yeah. just like, no, I really want all energy. And I said, are you in LA? Because I just moved here and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be in LA in like, two weeks. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm. We're literally going to be in LA. And so I was like, okay, let's go. Before we get into the episode, we start with a nice, big, healthy, ceremonial inhale. Beautiful. So join me, the bottom of the lungs. <sighs> Hello, welcome back to the Inner Thread Podcast. As I had hoped, we have a guest today, my dear friend Trish, yes. who I've known since she was in medical school, mm-hmm. watched her blossom into this beautiful doctor and incredible supportive friend. Thank you for having me. I can't believe we're finally making this happen. We literally, we've been planting the seed. And we're officially watering it now and seeing it grow. I met you in medical school through a friend. I saw what he was going through in medical school. I saw what all you were going through in medical school. It was so much work. It was looked like it was designed to break you. <laughs> and during that... It did a few times. <laughs> yeah, I saw all you break down a little bit. How did you grow such a big following and successfully complete medical school? Med school is such a unique energy or or let's say just being in that like hustle mode and that grind mode and that mentality of always trying to get shit done that requires a certain type of energy and so I think that growing anything outside of that from a creative and like artistic standpoint a la an Instagram or any kind of social media platform like a YouTube a Twitter a Facebook etc whatever you fancy was really kind of a way to just do something different you know because you're in med school and you kind of have your head down and there's so many deadlines and you're trying to do all the quizzes all the exams but at the same time like how are you nourishing yourself otherwise and I feel like Instagram was that place for me it's almost like therapeutic a little bit very much so like I've always been a very visual person Mm. and so I've always enjoyed photography being behind the lens during different parts of growing my brand on Instagram was ve- was a unique experience for me because usually I, I prefer being the one behind the lens. Mm. I think the natural documentation of my journey was how I organically grew my Instagram at that time because naturopathic medicine on a global scale is not, say, as well known or it's not as accepted or normalized as say like conventional medicine so you know when I'm putting out content about my journey or this and that and what I'm learning in terms of lifestyle stress emotion nervous system blah 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 people are like sucking it up they're Mm. like what's going on here I didn't have a desire to grow on IG I didn't have a desire to like grow a following it was literally me just kind of putting out content in terms of like a diary Hmm. however it did turn into a job later on and i'm sure we'll talk about that yeah i want to yeah. hear the evolution because it sounded like it it started as just way for you to express and yeah. document your journey for me personally growing a brand on instagram like my personal brand and the inner mm, thread brand yeah, yeah even though we're doing mindfulness stuff all of our content is about wellness i could just feel how slippery the platform was and it just pulled me back if i wasn't careful into this like kind of dark toxic place i'm wondering yeah. naturopathic medicine this kind of like wellness content that you're putting out juxtaposed with this like slippery toxic side of instagram and social media did you feel that at all 100 percent. i had no idea the slippery slope i was going into (laughs) to be honest i didn't know anything about 
being an influencer. I didn't know anything about quote, quote, influencing because at that time, that was still kind of like a burgeoning thing on on social media. Mm. That that isn't what it is now where people are like full-time influencers. Like they're right. literally doing that for a living and a career. You know, however, at the time, you know, people were just doing kind of like sales marketing, being an influencer. You were kind of getting adopted by brands and like you would do some ads and get like paid here and there, etc. But now it's a full-blown career. Right. Without that awareness of what it was going to turn into, you know, I, I was getting approached by brands and wanting to do stuff. And obviously when, you know, you're a student and you're kind of in one mentality, when you kind of enter this place where it's like relatively creative and people want to work with you and they see your vision and mm-hmm. your value and, you know, what you have to offer. And then they want to pay you for it. That That's quite enticing, you know, because yeah, totally. I'm like, I'm like, wait, I... I can literally get paid X amount of money for jumping on an Instagram live for 15 minutes. Wow. I've never heard of that before because <laughs> I've been under the mentality with being Asian, being an immigrant, being a POC woman and having immigrant parents as part of my immigrant story is like you literally have to work so hard to make X. Hmm. Right. And so I'm like, wait, so now I can literally just jump on an Instagram live for 15 minutes and you're going to pay me how much? absolutely enticing plus the med school loans are like looming over my head i need money right now that sounds great like i i would love this like passive income to float into my life so i can like sustain some things in my own life what was that like do you remember the first one that came in i don't remember the first one but i will say that my first few uh brand deals were really lovely they were really soft they were really connected they were really collaborative it felt good it felt good good doing it however as my brand Brand online began began to grow then obviously like the demands for certain things began to grow as well mm. and as someone who is not at the time like I wasn't really versed in business I wasn't versed in contracts I wasn't versed in reading a contract or like what that entails in terms of like sales or even like asking for more money I, I didn't know anything about that shit and so I was kind of like taking on as much as I could and I felt myself enter that slippery slope of all of these brands saying okay Trish we need you to be x y and z for this and that's the only way you're going to be creative and get paid oh jeez. and that was really difficult for me because I feel like I've always been very artistic and mm. I, I I've always been the type of person where I can see a lot of beauty in something or I can like orchestrate a lot of beauty but I would prefer it to either be mine or be it collaborative in a way and but so it was like very defined they were basically very, like telling you what to make there were a lot of rules and regulations and it, it mm. wasn't as free-flowing and open anymore and so I was like okay what what's happening here and so I remember an instance working with a pretty big brand here in LA and you know we were in the middle of like negotiating this contract and they had promised me like these photo shoots and this like trip to a retreat and all of this stuff and it's it's interesting now reflecting back on it how much that luxury Hmm. was really very enticing the draw the draw right because it's like wait i'm going to get x y and z things all the things i've never experienced before if I do this for you, right? okay, so like, am I willing to like mold myself for this so that I can get that? Deep. Deep shit. I felt myself doing that, but at the cost of my own health. However, at the time, I didn't, I wasn't really aware that a lot of the work doing that was really fucking me up mentally and emotionally until I remember going to a brunch date 
with a bunch of my girlfriends from naturopathic school. And, you know, I was that friend. I was that friend. You know, we would like always get our food and like, you know, the food would get cold because I would need to take photos and Mm. like do the brand things and all of that stuff. And I just remember like surrendering and being like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. It just, it just didn't feel healthy because at that point I was doing it so much for everyone else that external validation Mm, you lost yourself a little bit correct i i lost that passion and the desire to be creative with it like you know doing food art and food photography and doing you know specific things with certain brands like just didn't feel artistic anymore it felt like just something that i had to do to make money so what was that point like did you stop using the platform or did you just like pull back a little bit i did no yeah i i love instagram because i think like instagram is a great way to connect i mean instagram is one of those places where if you're using it with intention yeah you get really cool things that come out of it you get cool opportunities you meet incredible people you can help amplify people's stories or businesses etc etc so on and so forth however you know instagram can also be that other place Mm -hmm. where it's like you'll get sucked down Mm -hmm. into the deep dark hole and then you start questioning your own worth and value it starts changing you one hundred percent. And that was totally me. And so um, I never got off Instagram officially. However, I did pull back. Yes. So it was like not taking new deals, posting less, like yep. less stories. Yep. I went on an Instagram detox in my third year in med school and just realizing how much of the present moment that I had missed because mm. I was so... Like I was so in that mode of like, I need to capture and document everything. I need to orchestrate everything. Everything has to be perfect. This glass here, this food product Mm. here, I need to have this mushroom powder or whatever it is, this piece of clothing, blah, blah. Like everything was so orchestrated that it started becoming really fake and it just kind of took away from the present moment. And so that that was when I was kind of doing the work of like, where am I sourcing my validation from? Why is it that I have this allure for things that are very material Hmm. or luxurious when I don't necessarily feel fulfilled. It's more just like this quick dopamine hit Hmm. and I feel like successful. Like where does that come from? And so that was when I started doing the work, like maybe like my third or fourth year in med school. And then I met you. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's around the time that we met. These days I have like these mindful consumption tips in my phone in terms Mm. of like, you know, and I'm tracking my screen time and all of that stuff. And You know, I'm very much of that embodiment these days where if something is not flowing and I'm not in the mood to X, Y, and Z on social or even like X, Y, and Z in my business, I'm just going to surrender to that for now. Because anytime that I try to force something (laughs) or push past the resistance, it always ends up being shitty work anyway. And I don't want to put out any kind of work, content, or even engage with people if I myself am not in a place where I'm ready to do that. That's a lot it's of awareness. Ina- and that's just inauthentic. Yeah. yeah, that's that inner work and the authenticity and the awareness that we love to talk about. You know where you're at, what yeah. you can give, and I if try. it's the right time. <laughs> yeah. That's so much of what I'm doing now. Am I in the right headspace for this job, with this task? It could be social media. It can yes. be editing a video. It can be doing a podcast. Like, I'm done forcing stuff. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you do have to like push through, but yes. but I have experience in that realm too where if I do have to kind of force myself to do something that I know I'm not fully in the right headspace for, I'm a little more clinical with like 
don't bleed energy yes. with indecision just take a big deep breath know you got to do it and yep. just go through as like with as much intuitive flow as you can yeah like judge yeah yeah don't try to like you, you know you're gonna be tired and indecisive yes so just kind of like yes. what's your gut say go yeah <laughs> like, i love that you said that because something that i talk to my clients about and i'm sure we've talked about this too sean when it comes to like motivation and inspiration and creativity all of that is very intrinsic, right? Like you you actually have to like work on it in order to become more inspired or more inspiring or more motivated or more motivating, right? It's like it's like the same concept of say going for a workout. Are you really tired that day and you don't want to go to your workout or are you just feeling really lazy i always wonder right? about that lazy versus <laughs> tired my rule is i have to start and give it five or ten minutes yeah because it, within five or ten minutes if i can get past starting then i can decide if it was me being lazy or if i'm just tired yeah because if it was just me being lazy and i get into like minute five ten i'm past the hard part and yeah. i'm flowing if i'm actually tired by minute 10 i'll know yeah i'm like oh i i don't have the energy like yeah. i tried i gave it a shot yep and this isn't the day. I love that you give yourself a few minutes. That's literally the same thing that I do. Thankfully, I my, my partner is really good about accountability. You know, we we're both in different industries and areas of focus. And so save had like a relatively full day of like seeing my clients, working on my business, but also working on us and myself at the same time. That is a lot of like energy output. And so at the end of the day, it's like 637. Are you ready to go to the gym? And there are days that I intrinsically know like you're being a really a lazy piece of shit right now, Trish. You probably <laughs> should go and get some movement because yeah. the movement will make you feel good. Right. It will help your brain. It's good for blood flow, etc. However, I will say that most of the time it's probably because we're just unmotivated. Mm. Yeah. So I love this concept of like giving yourself that five to 10 minutes because it really does work. Like if you give yourself that grace of just trying alone, you don't really regret it. Like at least I tried yes. and like it either worked out or it didn't. That's and that's exactly okay. it. For me, yeah. it's the guilt. It's like if I don't like, let's say there's this thing that I know I need to do and I just neglect it the whole day. Yeah. There's a little guilt there that I can't shake. Yeah. But if I give it five, 10 minutes and it just wasn't flowing, I'm like, dude, you tried. Yeah. Like, you know, you tried. This yeah. wasn't the day. So the guilt, I can kind of be guilt free. Yeah. The guilty conscious said that that one's a tough one to like really integrate into your body and your being and then like put it out in life. You know, because we, we're so of this like mindset and like the societal cultural standards of like, if I don't do this, then that makes me a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then like, I feel guilty. But at the same time, it's like, why should I feel guilty about something that I literally cannot physically totally. honor right now? And we always think, I don't know, maybe this is just in my head, but I always think when I don't do that, that the whole world would have done that or like the yeah. whole world is out actively doing that and I'm falling behind. Right. And it's like, I know that's not true. Not true at all. But in my head, it's like, oh, you're falling behind again. But isn't that funny that that is so conditioned inside of us that like we need to be Output. x y and yeah. z person and yeah we we literally need to work ourselves to the ground and sacrifice all of these things about ourselves in order to reach the certain level of success i find that so fascinating i know and especially yeah. like in the entrepreneurial space a lot of the content that i digest is like you know when you're tired you work harder and that's when you make it in those hours that everyone's sleeping and you just you bleed from your eyeballs. I'm like, I don't know if that sounds healthy. That's, that's so not sustainable. That's not good. That's not sustainable. That's how you build an empire. And I have, I've just had to ask myself, A, do I want to build an empire where I have to work until my eyes bleed 
and b is that the only way to build an empire because i'm of this new school of thought where there's like a really nice beautiful way to like build things slowly and organically yes. and then the results don't happen overnight but what i've seen especially like in the last six months is the less i push on these things the more i get it's yeah. crazy i, I used, love that used to be forcing everything and now yeah. i just feel like you know, know what you want Yep. And then try for it. Know your limits. Don't bring that anxiety of like, you have to have this forced conversations and phone calls and meetings with people. Yeah. Just like speak your truth. Tell them this is what you want. Put it out there and then let go. And yeah. if it's meant to be, it's meant to be and it'll happen. And it's yeah. like, it keeps happening. Yeah. I'm like, wow, yeah. I've been missing out on this for like years. Yeah. I, I love that integration. I feel like that's a big integration in the entrepreneurial space because I think like the old paradigm of business is exactly that in order for you to make six figures in your business within the first year you have to do x y and z but then that's being really inconsiderate for who you are like what if you're just not that type of person who wants to do that or if that doesn't fit with you or energetically just doesn't speak with you and actually there is this other thing that you could do mm -hmm. and like why why can't we shift to something like that and so i love slow growth and organically growing for me is a yes our value system sean and i like yeah. that we both share we 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 love health and I think we're, we're of the same mindset that like without our health, we won't have anything. It's just not worth it for me. It's just I not worth it. It's essential. It's not sustainable. I'm also realizing that there's moments when you need to kind of like put your head down and like work through tough stuff. But I used to just think that was the way it was the whole time. People mm. say it's hard. It's hard. It doesn't have to be hard. Like, it doesn't it have to be hard. Be much easier than that. And I've just realized the stuff that happens the most easy and like seamless to me has been the most fruitful. Like, yeah both personally for my own body my health my headspace like yeah. my mind body spirit but also just like financially kind of reiterating what i said earlier but i just we force things a lot and we're like this is the answer and i just got to keep pushing and yeah. the, the harder i work but sometimes it's important to just like take a step back and be like is there another way to do this thing or is there another thing calling me and that's what i've realized is like yeah. there was a few things calling me and i was ignoring some of them because i was like so locked in on just like this thing's got to be the one no yeah. matter how much it hurts yeah we have a very interesting relationship with productivity our society and even like all of our institutions the business world the schooling world any kind of career professional office world that you're in the more that you do and the more that you force regardless of how shitty it feels it's okay because you're going to be successful. It's okay because you're going to make this much money. It's okay because you're going to be rich and wealthy and you can do all of these things. And we think that because of that, we're going to reach liberation of some sort. When in fact, at least in my experience, that's the stuff that keeps you caged is your unhealthy relationship to productivity and what one may think success can lead to. The more... Clearly, I've been able to define my relationship with money. I feel like the more money I've been able to make. I would like it. It's good. I can feel it coming. Mm. Not like I need it or I, or I won't be complete. Mm, it's yes. like so much less anxiousness in my system. Yes. I think defining your relationship with money is so important because at the end of the day, yes, money can equal you the privilege of, say, traveling being able to like buy the the organic foods that you would like to to have it also gives you the access to say any kind of lifestyle that you desire you can also share that abundance if you want but at the end of the day like money is just energy 
money is just energy and so it's like what kind of frequency are you putting out with money in terms of like do you want it so badly that it's so ingrained in part of you that it actually becomes part of your suffering or are you treating money like your lover Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you honor money and like you're grateful for money and like when money flows to you, you feel good and it's healthy and you're doing something healthy with it, right? Um, that was one of the best money mindset advice that I ever got, by the way, is like if you're healing your relationship with money, um, which is what I was doing with all of my Instagram stuff in the past, treat money like your lover Hmm. yeah and what would you do to keep your lover really healthy and how do you keep your relationship with your lover really healthy right you do things together you say good things about your lover you honor your lover you're very grateful for your lover etc etc yeah isn't that that great no it's good i really in the last like month or two have shifted my relationship to money and i can just feel how i used to be a little more like frugal when i would spend it like no you got to save and I mean, like trying to start a business, you have to be like a little tighter on your funds. And 100%. I could just feel how being so like suffocating about money, it was going out and coming in in like the same way. It was like so tight. Mm. And in the last few months, I've been like, look, you got to spend money to make money. Money's going to come. Money's going to go. Yep. But like you should enjoy spending it. You should enjoy making it. And it's been like this much looser, lighter relationship. And yeah, I, I keep saying it, but like. I'll spend more money now yeah. with less guilt. I'm not like splurging, but it's like things that, you know, this makes me happy. I bought some nice kitchen stuff to cook right. with. because It's like, mindful and intentional. Yeah, and then yeah. it's like, boom, I get that money right back. And when it comes back, I'm not like, yes, money. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I'm never spending this. It's mine. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Like, yeah. Then it goes back out and yep. it comes back in. There's this whole flow of money. And it's mm. what's really interesting. I don't know how people react to this, but... I've been seeing money in my meditations and I got the Oh, end, that's powerful. Yeah, like yeah. in abundance. What's crazy is it happened to me once two years ago where I started to see money in my meditation at the end. I would like kind of be like, all right, feel abundance. Now that you're all quiet and calm, like really feel abundance. Mm. Like let's financial abundance. And then I got this massive paycheck, the biggest one I had ever had. And I was like, whoa, whoa. that was real. You literally called it in. Yeah. Fast forward to a few months ago. And I started to get that visual again in my meditations. And it was even bigger this time. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? Boom, huge paycheck comes in for a project. And I'm like, I love this. Wow. Let's keep doing this. Okay, I'm going to call that in for myself because that's something that I have not been doing in my sit down meditation times. I find that I want to try that. I I mean, I have heard of that before in terms of, you know, really embodying the the feeling Mm -hmm. and like the frequency of abundance and money and what that looks like and, you know, all of that stuff. So I think that's really cool for you. I read it in a few books and uh, I was like, okay, let me give it a shot. And, you know, it's been like five years that it's been popping up and some of the stuff I've been reading and like I expose myself to a lot of different meditation practices. But just sitting there and like literally watching it flow around me and like swimming in it and not like being a slave to it but just like really enjoying it like you said kind of like your lover yeah like I, i'm turning it into my lover and i'm like relating to yeah. it in a healthy way it's like whew, starts but showing then at up the more, same time so. it's like yes let go but like still work and like work hard right i think like exactly. that's that's something that's missing in these like manifestation concepts and ideologies is that people are given this impression that okay if i just like meditate and like manifest on x y and z it will naturally just fall into my lap totally. when that doesn't happen at all right the whole purpose of like the meditation and the manifestation process is to make the vision so clear that way you can actually attack it or like produce 
lose something out of it. I love that. And right? I think that's why it turns people off too is because like they use that stress and anxiety to achieve their goals. They're using that as the fuel to their fire. Like you said, you can't just let go yep. and it'll happen. It's like that stress can take you there. That anxiety can take you there. But you can also visualize and like feel it and see it and like trust it. And then you still got to do the work. That to me is the way that I want to get to my goals and dreams. I don't want to run there and be bald and fat when I show up because I'm stressed out. I want to get there and be like looking good, feeling great and know that I got there in a healthy way. Yeah, you're coming, you're, you're going to that place in a loving way. And that's very much what you do. I don't know how much your listeners know about you, but everyone, Sean is such a heart-centered <laughs> type of person. It's so lovely to be around him. I think people see that and feel that from you. Just knowing you, I think people see that and feel that. When you say it, I'm like, listen to her. Like, you're living that you're life. Like, I get don't tingly. forget. <laughs> yeah, no, it feels good. Good. It's nice to be good. reminded. To end this episode, I wanted to just talk about the way you practice medicine because I think yes. it's so special. You have a very holistic approach. You're doing the medicine part, but there's like spirituality to it. Mm. So give us a little run through because I think there's a lot of takeaways for people when you're considering any ailments you might have that there's the stuff that you can get labs on and, you know, the paper says like, here are where your hormones are and this will help you with that. Mm. But there's this like part that's not quantifiable. Yes. It can be like to find a spirituality. So yeah. Mike is yours. Okay. My work is definitely very unique. At first, when I came out of school, I was like, oh my God, I'm the only person doing this work. I feel so left out. I feel so woo. I feel so left field. Like everyone is practicing so clinically, whereas my soul and my heart is really in the spiritual, mental, emotional space. Like, what do I do with this? And so when I started my practice, I was basically seeing a lot of my clients on a more like physiological and biochemical type of space, right? And people would, uh, I work primarily with a lot of women. And so women would come to me for skin issues, gut issues, and thyroid issues, etc. We would harmonize everything. We would stack everything up, Sean, like perfectly. Everything in lifestyle, diet and nutrition, stress, movement, energy, sleep. We would get all of the labs, redo them over, redo them over. And the numbers would turn out great after our work together. After all of my clients would commit to a protocol, they were really uh, dedicated towards that. They felt really good about their healing journey. Labs would come back and everything was great. But then I was always receiving feedback that there was stuff missing. Hmm. For example, like we talked about the thyroid. The women that I've seen for thyroid issues, like we'll look at their labs, their biomarkers, we'll look at all of the diagnoses diagnostics and everything on paper is healthy metabolically healthy functioning really healthy but they still feel like something is missing and so that's my ping Hmm. of coming in and i'm like okay the thyroid the thyroid literally sits right on the throat which is related to the throat chakra therefore related to the voice and so what is the function of our voice Our function of the voice is to be able to express, to be able to speak. So the thyroid, from an esoteric perspective, is the vehicle for expression. And so then I come in and I I talk to the women that I work with and I'm like, okay, what aren't you expressing? What aren't you expressing about your truth? Is there something going on with you and your partner that you may have not been honest about or transparent about? Or what are you holding back? Like, what are you suppressing so much? And they always come to me with something. Mm. They're like, okay, I've been oppressed in these ways or I feel like my voice has been really silenced because of this or my partner and I get into these arguments and I feel like I can't say how I feel about something. Or a common one that I hear a lot is I feel too scared to express myself authentically because of fear of X, Y, and Z. 
on an external level and i'm like there we go and we work on that mentally emotionally spiritually in that esoteric kind of sense and then they're off and they feel good and they feel sustainable and transformed in their healing process that's unbelievable you hit the labs and you get the biochemical part the physiology dialed and there's still that missing piece and like that's where the spirituality comes in what in your life are you not actualizing like where are you repressed and stuck and once you can work through that then I feel like when you stack that on top of like all like the tradition, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you're really jet set into the moon. Yeah. And I think people forget about that because when we think of health and medicine, we're only thinking about the physical vessel, mm. right? We're only thinking about how to optimize. That's like one of the those trendy like health words that everyone loves to use, right? Like we all think about how to optimize something. But how are you optimizing the way that you're moving throughout your life? How are you optimizing your purpose? Do you even have a purpose? How do you feel in your relationships, in your environments? How do you feel about your partner? How do you feel about the way that you're showing up in the world? And are you expressing your gifts? Or are you afraid? All of that stuff relates to health. Hmm. And I think that we, we, we've gotten very much removed from that. I'm happy that you're pulling us closer to it. Me too. I'm happy to do this work. I feel like this kind of work also attracts a certain type of person. I've definitely seen that in my practice. You know, like women will come to me and they've seen a plethora of doctors already at that point. I'm kind of like their last yeah, resort. They're like, just throw right? it up. <laughs> yeah, like like let's. I'm open to doing anything and everything. And then, you know, I will come to them with this more esoteric point of view and we'll, we'll philosophize about life and living medicine and what it means to be anchored in nature and all of that stuff. And they're so fascinated by it because you don't again you you don't think about that you don't really think about that unless you're in that space of more wholesome medicine mm-hmm. like you've been you know you've gotten access to and obviously myself yeah so where can uh where can people find you your socials mm-hmm. if they want to work with you as a doctor instagram is a great place to stalk me for all of the things <laughs> if you have a desire to work with me or if you're curious about my work please find me on instagram at at doctor dot trish ferrer it's t-r-i-s-h-f-e-r-r-e-r you put it in the show notes right in the show yeah notes. i'll link you below <laughs> yes thank you and thank you for having me yeah your website's linked on your bio it's all on there as well yep okay mm-hmm. so head to trish's social you can check her out her content is good you should just follow her for her wholesome content but then if you want to work with her then you can hit her link highly recommend it thank she's going to heal you metaphysically everything trish i love you appreciate I you, you too. thank you we had a great hug before we started we're going to have a Great hug on the way out too. I just need your female energy in my life. So yeah. very much appreciate. Don't ever be afraid to reach out if you need anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that we're a little closer, more yeah. hugs to come. More hugs. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. And we'll see you back this Friday for our meditation. Mm-hmm.